the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Free Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm just so grateful to be with you today. Um, this last two weeks have been really strange. You know, we uh, had this hurricane thing happen, uh, Hurricane Hillary, uh, if there's a playback later just so that we know uh, that it was Hurricane Hillary. Anyway, um, you know, owning a company, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, and, and making sure that everybody's safe, I had to make a decision to uh, just close down shop on uh, Monday to make sure because of the roads and, and everything, I just wasn't sure it was going to be safe. So we closed down, come to find out it was all sunny and, and bright and wonderful. Uh, you know, the rain had just washed everything out and, and the roads were fine around 10 o'clock. And so we could have worked and so could have, would have, should have, right? Um, but I did the right thing, I think, for uh, that day. And uh, so that's that. A lot of other things happened. It was just like this whirlwind of things that happened. And I'm getting into uh, why I'm telling you the story is, is because the story or the show is about we are responsible for our responses. And I have to say that uh, during this time, I had no idea that I was reaching my level. Maybe you can relate um, to what I could really handle. And I was trying to manage it all and trying to keep a good attitude and trying to stay calm and peaceful. But yet inside, I just felt like there was a lot going on, a lot of turmoil, a lot of frustration, a lot of not knowing what to do, uh, not clear on what to do, uh, waiting waiting on the Lord and, and just uh, the discernment of doing that. But in the process, I felt like some things were like right now. I'd have people come, not with an appointment, but just my doors always open and I would um, have somebody come into my office and tell me some things. And they weren't easy to take. Uh, they they seemed to be not in the most loving manner, um, not as caring as they could have been. The delivery was not what it could have been. Um, and I found that my response was equal or not as it could have been uh, if I had taken a step back or taken a breath or, you know, tried to manage um, and keep in mind my responsibility of, my response. So after that, um, it, it kept to, um, kind of adding on. There was uh, more circumstances, a total truck, uh, a, a couple employees who made bad choices that affected the company and other employees and so on. And so, you know, sometimes I have a whistle like a referee. Sometimes I'm like mom. Sometimes I'm coach. Uh, you know, as a leader, we put on different hats, just like as a mother, we put on different hats where we play a lot of different roles. And so I just found that I was um, over my max and I didn't realize it. There was no little red light that went on saying over your max, um, you've hit your boundary or any of that. And so um, I wasn't proud of some of the the responses that I made. And then I have to go back and say, I'm sorry. I'd rather not have to say, I'm sorry. I'd rather not 
get myself in a position where I have to say I'm sorry, although I will definitely take responsibility of wrongdoing or uh, not managing myself well, and I will take responsibility, as we all should. We have a responsibility to do that. And that's what this show is about, is that. And so, you know, on this show, the Sufri show, who's been on like 14 years now, can't even believe that, but it's true. Uh, and, you know, we have people listening from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo, and, and I welcome all of you for listening. And with the Internet, I'm all over the place, um, you know, and it's God's message, and I want to be used for his glory, not my glory. This is not my show, even though it's got my name. It's it's his show. And I share my lessons because I feel like I come from a heart. I come from a passion. And he speaks to me. And sometimes, you know, I have a deaf ear, and I wish I couldn't. I wish I didn't have to say that. But in all vulnerability, I'm going to say that sometimes I'm too busy to hear. And so what happened was, is that there were a lot of things that happened, and without going into grand detail, um, I'm, I'm vulnerable, but uh, I want to get to the points. So what happened was, is I didn't handle things right Thursday, didn't, could have done things better on Friday, could have, would have, should have. And then um, Sunday came, and I made my coffee. I'm drinking this mushroom coffee. It's called Rise, and I, I recommend it highly. It's really, really good. It gives you extra energy. It gives you health things more than coffee could ever. Anyway, um, no plug, no no benefit here other than I would love to see you get healthier than you are. I think we always can improve upon any and every aspect of our lives. With that being said, I'm having my cup of coffee, and I happen to be in my happy place. My happy place is a lake house that I have. It's about 90 minutes from where I live during the week. And I'm sitting there in the most wonderful place. I can see the lake. I can see the water. It's like glass. It's calling my name. I want to get out there and ski. Um, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just having time with the Lord. And I'm praying. Now, three days before that, before all the chaos started to really hit, I was really praying before I got out of bed, and I was praying strong prayers, um, you know, uh, declaring and uh, declaring the words, the word, the Lord's words over my life, my family's life, my company, and just declaring it to where I really feel like I stirred up the the devil and his um, the, his spirits, and so there was a battle being fought and. You know, there are battles being fought in the spirit, whether we want to believe it or not. They're there. And how we manage those um, determines, you know, the next steps and, you know, the ripple effect of our words or our actions or not saying something or saying something, the wrong something. You know, we, we have to take account and be responsible for all of that. So I'm praying to the Lord. And then I was silent, which I don't do enough. Uh, I don't think I could ever do it enough. But I'm just sitting there and I'm asking the Lord to just reveal to me the lesson, the life lesson that he wants me to learn right here, right now. And so I hear this voice, not really, I hear in my head, I just hear this, this, um, these words. And it says, feed the, feed the funnel, feed the funnel. What does that mean? Feed the funnel. And I'm, ta- I'm thinking about at work uh, for three years because of COVID and everything, we've had um, staffing issues where we can't hire. There's nobody there to hire. And then you hire and then it doesn't work out or something. And there's a lot that goes into that, a lot of cost incurred. 
So you want a higher right. Um, and so there's one, feed the funnel. But there's also feeding. You know, when you think of feed, feeding is food. But also feeding is um, training or teaching or coaching. And I'm thinking about my current staff. And then I think about my grandchildren, my beautiful, wonderful grandchildren. I have three right now. And I just, they're so adorable. And they make life worth living even beyond what I had before because they just are so happy to see me and they have such excitement and joy and you know the whole world is in front of them and I want to impact them in a a loving wonderful way in a godly way that's my my heart so I'm sitting there feed the flock not feed the flock feed the funnel because we have to continually feed it it's not feed it and walk away it's feed it feed it feed it and the funnel is something where it it grows um, it expands and this funnel could go into another funnel and another funnel and another funnel so it's multiplication and and that was the word and then I thought feed another word for feed is nourish right nourish and we all need nourishment I need nourishment I need rest and I need discernment. I need people to surround me, positive people, people that are going to, you know, speak into me. I need nourishment. I need to be fed. And I need to take that and feed others and nourish others. So how important is my response? And how responsible am I going to be with how I handle what the Lord has placed in my responsibility, in, in my lap, in my hands? You know, so I'm saying this to you because I feel we all we all fall short in this category. I mean, it's like um, people came into me and they didn't respond well either. You know, so their response caused my response or reaction. I'm hoping it's a response, not a reaction, but still, it caused a defense mechanism instead of a oh, tell me more about that. Oh, let's talk about that. How can we how can we work through that? That would be a good response, right? That's that's moving towards instead of, well, you know, uh, you know, there's different ways of handling it. So uh, with that, um, I asked my assistant, Cynthia, to pull some things up regarding this. And uh, so on Sunday with that word, drinking my coffee and, and there, I just I expanded upon what that means. Then I go to church and uh there was more about the same exact message at church. Um, it talks about hope, peace, live with open hands. Galatians 6.1, crisis builds character. Always recall crisis. It will strengthen our faith or expose our lack of it. How appropriate is that to the other message of uh, feed the funnel? Um you know, God loves a cheerful giver, right? He loves a cheerful giver. Uh, spend time, food, dollars, words. You know, we all want to feel accomplishment. We want to have victories. And I find, and I, I had my staff meeting, and I talked to them about this message uh, on Monday, and I said that I am so busy looking for the problem because I'm a systems and procedure person and we all have our gifts that's mine one of mine i'm a maximizer that's another one of mine and each one of my key staff have you know we fill in the gaps for each other which is wonderful 
But I told them that this time, instead of we're going to talk and uh, tackle the problems of the day or the week or the month or the year, um, we're going to talk about the victories we just faced this last week. We're going to talk about victories, which was totally different, opposite from what I normally will do in this staff meeting. And in going around the room, there were a lot of victories. There was a lot of things that we accomplished. And sometimes we get so focused on what's not going right that we forget to be thankful in all things, right, and to look at what we've accomplished, prayers that have been answered, accomplishments that we've made. We have to celebrate, right? Um, I, I say to people all the time, I want, around, I want to be around people who don't just tolerate me but celebrate me, and um, that comes from a long time of being in a relationship that was very tolerating but not celebrating. And I learned that I, I think life is worth celebrating and the people in it are worth celebrating and so what are you doing okay if i could ask you that are you tolerating or are you celebrating are you thankful in all things are you looking for the victories you know there's times in my life how about you where i say i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i have to say that every day because sometimes i feel defeated i feel like this warrior and i feel like i'm all alone I, do you relate? Can you relate to this? Is that you feel like you're all alone and you're, you're, you're fighting this battle, but you're not alone. God is there. You know, he, he wants you to reach up and reach out to him, but he's there for you. It's whether you want to have a personal relationship with him, you want to talk to him and um, build that relationship and draw nearer to him, um, you know, and ask him to reveal his presence. And he will, as he did this Sunday with coffee, with me, um, he revealed himself and he had a word for me. And then I go into church and it goes into more depth. I mean, um, I've got a whole page here of things. And uh, he says, trouble is part don't, of your life. Don't, uh, don't uh, not share it. You know, share it. You don't give the person who loves you a chance to love you enough to experience what you're going through if you don't share it with them. And I loved that. And that was from Dinah Shore. I thought, wow, how good is that? Trouble is part of life. And if you don't share it, you don't give the person who loves you a chance to love you enough. Sometimes we guard because we're fearful and we don't, we don't know how the other person's going to receive or uh, act about it. Um, the steadfast of the Lord never ceases. His mercies they never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. Those were things that I wrote down from my notes from church on Sunday. It was so, so good. And there's so many times where I go, oh, do I really need to go? Can I just say that it's not always about you? That sometimes you need to go because there's somebody that needs you. It's not always about what you need. It's about what others need from you. And there was a person that I prayed with. And, um, you know, I just laid hands on the person. And it was wonderful. It was wonderful that I could be used in that capacity. And it was, it was great. Responding rightly when you're wronged. Um, James 5, 7, 9. When unbelievers wrongly take advantage of you, keep working for the Lord while you wait patiently for him to come as the righteous judge. It's not for us to judge, and in the measure we, in which we judge, we too shall be judged. Remember that. 
right? It's not for us to judge. It's God's calling us to love that person. You're to pray for your enemies. You're supposed to love people. It, not judge them, but love them. Now, does that mean that to never bring up something that maybe needs attention? No. You know, when I hire somebody at work at Ecola, I will tell them that, look, proper procedure for us is here, is that if you have an issue with somebody, somebody said something that didn't sit right with you or, or you didn't agree with this or that or whatever, your responsibility is to go directly to that person. You don't need to talk to anybody else. I just want you to go to that person and explain to that person in private um, the situation and how it made you feel. And then it's up to that other person what they want to do with it. You know, they might say they're sorry. They might say, well, it's because of this. Their response is up to them. Your response is up to you. And then I say that once you've done that, if you find that it hasn't been resolved or it could get worse or you feel it needs more attention, then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go back and you're going to want to find the uh, step-up person, the supervisor, somebody else that you could bring into the situation to make sure that something, if there needs to be resolved, then there needs to be resolved. So either you do it together, and that's healthy. In any relationship, this is the way it should be done. And then if not, then you have a third party. You know, in church they say that, um, you know, you you have uh, Christian counseling, and then it might be that you have an elder or you have a church counselor, you have somebody, the pastor, he's really busy, but, um, you know, or she, he. Um, so there you go. That's that's the way we work there, and, and that's a good way to do it. They must keep doing the will of God, waiting for him to come and judge the wicked and reward the righteous while they wait. They must cultivate this godly virtue of patience. How's your patience doing? You know, from 1 to 5, 1 to 10, how would you say your patience is? This day that I had all these things come at me, and they weren't done in kindness, but there might be truth to it. I'm like, well, where's the truth in this? Was there any truth in that? And if there is, then I have to own that, right? I have to own that. And it could be painful. It could be really painful because, you know, rebuke, um, even, you know, constructive criticism can hurt, you know, because the truth hurts sometimes. But, you know, our responsibility is what? Our response is what? And what are we going to do with the information that's been given to us? Are we going to ignore it? Are we going to do something about it? I want to take action. I want to say, okay, what I heard you say is, and I want to, I want to understand it so that I can move in the right direction to take, take into account um, the people, but also make sure that we're doing the right thing. You are listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Uh, if you'd like to connect with me, I'd like to hear from you. And how you would do that is by connecting with me by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. There is a place for you to put your information and any request you have. If you want prayer, if you need resources of any kind, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a theologian. I am um, a Bible reader. I am a prayer warrior. Um, I'm a mom, a grandma a friend, a sister, you know, I'm, I'm a lot of things, as so are you, business owner. Um, but, you know, we have a responsibility. So I would love to connect with you. Um, this, uh, this show is about um, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. I was told that I talk too fast, so sometimes I'm reminded that I need to just slow down a little bit. 
I do everything fast, and maybe slowing down would be a good thing for me. So the kind of response is required of all of us because a Christian life is about the imitation of Christ. We are being molded into his image, so we are to strive to live as he lived. Our Lord was slandered and falsely accused of all kinds of offenses. But he opened not his mouth to protest. Like a lamb, he accepted these attacks, and in the very moment of his passion, he prayed for the forgiveness of those who were attacking him. This is how we are called to react to our enemies. Therefore, every false accusation, every slander, every ill word spoken about me or you is an opportunity for you or me to grow in my sanctification. Reactions tend to go like this. Something happens, you panic, then you proceed. Responses tend to go like this. Something happens, you pause, you process, you plan, then you proceed. Quite a difference, don't you think? And that's what the Lord was teaching me over this last two weeks. You know, we can excuse it or we can work on getting better. I'm into getting better. I want to be better. How about you? What do you want to do? Think about your last two weeks. How have you responded? How have you responded? What have been your responses and what are you responsible for? I get just quit and quit right there and be good. I, I need you to just breathe. And think about it and quiet your spirit. Quiet your spirit and ask the Lord to reveal to you. Search me and know me, O God. If there's any evil way, pluck it out. Right? Trust in him. In all things, trust in him. And he wants to be first in your life. What is first in your life? Look at your pocketbook. Look at where you spend your time. Who was first in your life? He says, I want to be first. And then he says, love thy neighbor as thyself. So those are the two commandments that we have. And when we do those two, all the other things kind of work themselves out. So understand that. Love thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and body. And love thy neighbor as thyself. So who is your neighbor? Your your co, co, um, co-worker? Your daughter? Your sister? Your cousin? You know, anybody is your neighbor. Everybody is your neighbor. There's some closer than others, but they're all your neighbors. So hopefully you love thy neighbor. And some of these people might not be too nice, right? And what does is, what is the Lord do? What did, what did Christ do? He didn't get into the accusation. He didn't fight back. And that's hard to do, isn't it? Reacting is quick. Responding is slow. Responding creates more space between an event and what you do or don't do with it. In that space, you give immediate emotions some room to breathe. Better understand what is happening. Make a plan using the most evolved part of your brain. Then go forward accordingly. So I'm hoping this has been good for you. If you need termite or pest control, I hope you call E. coli termite pest control. We can take care of that, insulation, rodent exclusion, any of that. Um, I would love for you to give us a call. Um, do an assessment of yourself. And if you have some really close people, which I'm sure you do, ask them what they think. You know, what could you work on this week? You might not like the answer, but it's okay. It's okay. You just go with it, you know, and think about it. Pray about it. Prayer, prayer is really an amazing thing. So we're, we're getting to the rolling of this show. I would love to hear from you. Please connect with me on the Sue Free Show. And this is part one of a part two series. So look me up and uh, 
we can be in contact that way. And I would love to hear from you. Nobody else reads the emails except for me. Sue Freeze. Be a blessing. God bless. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion. Learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's Sue, F-R-I-E-S.com, SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite and Pest Control, for sponsoring the show. You've been sponsoring the show for 14 years, and I'm so forever grateful. Um, if you'd like to be on this show, I would love to hear from you. If you're not sure as a business owner um, if radio is a good good solution for you to to get the word out, you know, to to reach more, to go further, to let more people know about what you have to offer. I'd love to help you with that. Um, to be on my show and to sponsor my show is pretty inexpensive to the average bear out there. And you could start with me and test the waters. And then when that works for you, I have a rep that I could recommend. Um, I'm on different stations um, in different counties. And so we can um, do just the county in which you can service because you don't want to, you know, go further than your your area, and so we can work that out. So you can talk to me, and I will I will help you with that. All right. So today's show um, is about we are responsible for our responses. Now this is part two of a part one and part one and part two show. Um, so I just want you to know that. So if you're not hearing part one, it's really good, and you should go back and listen. How do you do that? You can go to Sue Freeze, spelled like friesomore.com. I said that really fast, so I'll say it again as we move on. Um, anyway, so I'm talking about um, the Lord spoke to me on Sunday when I was drinking my coffee, which I was quiet enough to hear him, and he was saying that I need to feed the funnel. And, you know, growth happens when we feed or water something. Um, nothing happens without motion. We need to feed 
and water or nourish what we want to grow. You know, even the vine, you know, bears fruit, but it has to be watered. It has to be pruned. There's things that need to happen in order for things to happen. And so we are part of that. We're part of that whole thing. And so every aspect, every move we make, uh, every time we speak, our body language, we are responding or reacting. And we have to be careful because it's a domino effect. And in part one, I was talking about the story of how the Lord brought this home because I was having some difficulty with my responses. <clears throat> and being clear that I'm responsible for my responses, to, regardless of the criticalness or the crisis or how many things are coming at me at once or you at once, we still have a responsibility on how we respond. So responding is harder than reacting. It takes more time and effort. It often requires letting a strong itch the yearning to immediately do something, anything, about whatever just happened. Be there without scratching it. But like most things that require effort, responding also tends to be advantageous. You rarely regret deliberately responding to a challenging situation. You often regret automatically reacting to one. I had a guy who was having a really tough day, and he decided to resign with my company. And there was no discussion. There was no, um, this is bothering me. This is frustrating, whatever. And he resigned. And when I read his, I said, you know, it would have been nice if you could have come in and talked to me. Did you talk to anybody about the things that you're frustrated with? And that wasn't, it, it wasn't discussed. And so when this person came in and started talking to me about it, I'm like, oh. Um, and we went through it. And there was a newfound understanding, and he even said, man, I was really quick to do what I did, and thinking about it now, I'm thinking maybe that wasn't the best move for me, and I'm like, okay, and so then we had a time to talk, and he even said, he said, you know, I'm learning a lesson here because I actually should have, you know, it would have been better if I would have come to you and talked to you about these things to see if they could be worked out before I did what I did. But out of frustration, I acted and I said, is that a pattern for you? And he kind of looked down and he's like, kind of. And I said, well, it's good that we're bringing this to the forefront because this is something that we could work on. And it's important that we do that because the results are worth it. They're worth it to, to do that. So when you react to a situation, you fuse with it and become it. Going from one reaction to the next is an emotional roller coaster. When you respond to a situation, however, you put a few degrees of freedom between a deeper and more stable sense of self and the ever-changing current of your life. So, there's a difference between responding and reacting, isn't there? And our responsibility is for what? To respond and respond properly? Oops, <laughs> you see my hands while I talk? Re- properly or, you know, a knee-jerk reaction where we react and go, where did that come from? I've had both. I've done both. A reaction is usually quick, tense, and aggressive and given with little thought. And this happened to me um, this last week. Because I had somebody coming at me, and I, they had no idea what I was dealing with already, nor did I don't think they cared. Maybe they did, but they didn't know. All they cared about is what was happening with them right now, and they needed to get that off their chest. Many times when I read a post or article online, I want to comment immediately. A large percentage of these types of comments would fall into the category of a reaction. Something p- 
poked me and I feel obliged to poke back. I've also noticed that ultimately a reaction usually doesn't do much good. In fact, it can escalate anger and disagreement while accomplishing or resolving little. In this case, I responded not as well as I would have if I would have had more rest, if I would have, you know, thought about it. Um, And I had to go back and apologize, and that's normally what has to happen, is that, you know, if we're going to take responsibility for our actions, then we are going to need to apologize if we do things that are less than the way we would like them to be. And here's another thing. If the goal is to find a win-win, I'm a win-win person. Not always is it possible, but I do everything in my power to really understand the opposition, the other person, so that I can figure out if there's a way I can make it work and still get what my goals are done. If I can do that, it's kind of magical. Um, But if I could do that, then it's a good thing, right? Everybody is happy because everybody's winning. And that's a good thing if we can do that. So there is a scripture that I really like. Uh, It says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not yours, theirs, that it may benefit those who listen. That's Ephesians 4.29. It's a great verse. Prayer, Heavenly Father, give me pause to respond with respect and love, not in hasty judgment. Isn't that good? I think that's so good. Holy Spirit, guide my words. For words of peace and love do exist and are waiting to be said. Even if my frustration, befuddled brain, has no idea what they might be. So, Holy Spirit, we we reach out to the Holy Spirit and guide my words. Help me to be a light in the darkness. You know, let let your words come out of my mouth. Let my eyes see things through your eyes. Let let my heart feel your heart. Let let me love like you love. Those are prayers I have. What are your prayers? Holy Spirit, guide my words, for I would rather be guided by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit than by my desperate to be in control heart. That's real. Holy Spirit, guide my words. For my son needs the Holy Spirit in his own heart, and I need to be open to the possibility that I may be the channel through which that happens. We affect people, positively and negatively, based on how we are, what we do, day to day, moment by moment. So what is spiritual nourishment? I was talking about feed the funnel, and part of feeding is nourishing, right? And spiritual nourishment is so important, right? It is. I'm a grandma. I'm a mom. And it's very important that I nourish my children and my children's children. Our spirits also require nourishment. Our spirits do. This was me. I was on overload. I was on overload. And I needed my spirit to be nourished. And I can't do that. Keep on pounding the pavement. Keep warrior, war or being a warrior. <laughs> going to say it a different way. But being a warrior, you can only fight battles so long you need rest, right? Jesus, he went into the desert for 40 days because he needed rest. He needed quiet. He needed peace and quiet. Just as there is food for the body, there is food for the spirit. The consequences of spiritual malnutrition are just as hurtful to our spiritual lives as physical malnutrition is to our physical bodies. What do I mean when I say God's word contains healing properties? The kind of nourishment that is released through the word of God takes our brokenness and gives us wholeness. It takes our weaknesses and empowers us. And it takes our hurts and heals our hearts. 
I know that there are many of you that have been hurt and that are hurting now. And can I say that the Lord grieves and hurts right with you? He hurts right with you. And he doesn't want you to be hurting. He doesn't. He does want you to look to him for that faith, that hope, and that love. And we're so, sometimes, so um, bullheaded, you know? And, you know, we have to reach that point. Sometimes people have to get so far dug into this deep tunnel and they're, you know, digging their way out and the dirt just keeps falling. I remember this visual for me, you know, as I was struggling in my marriage and I just felt like the hole was getting deeper and I kept trying to pull myself and dig myself out of this hole and the dirt just kept coming on top and it just, it never ended and I couldn't, I couldn't reach the top until I reached up and reached out to God. And I said, Lord, I need you. I need you because I cannot fix this and I can't do this anymore. I cannot do it anymore. I'm so tired. I know that resonates with some of you out there. Just know he's there for you. You might not feel him. I didn't feel him, but he's there. And you know, I'm getting emotions. It's tightening up my throat right now. Because I'm feeling it right along with you, the emotions that I'm feeling. It's like I'm bringing those back. And it says that we need to remember those, right? Crisis builds character. Always recall crisis. It will strengthen our faith or expose our lack of it. That's so good. That was from church. And I wrote it down. I went, wow, that's so powerful. (sighs) When Jesus was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit and was tempted by the enemy. How did he overcome? How did he find nourishment? He found it through God's word. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's Matthew 4, 3, and 4. The words of the Father sustained him and helped him overcome. The words of the Father are where Jesus found nourishment in the times of great need. So what is is that saying to you? Are you in the Word? Because that's where you're going to find nourishment. And get this, when he chose to connect with those words, to believe, live by, and find nourishment in them, it set him on the path for his purpose. The Bible records that the next steps he took led him into ministry. While in ministry, his purpose became clear. So the breath for the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So breath gives you life. I always say, as long as there's breath, there's hope. I wrote a book called uh, Learning to Breathe. It's not a yoga book. Um, It's a book about my journey with my son, Tyson, who works with me at Ecola. And he is a chronic, has always been a chronic asthmatic. He needs to have a spray with him. He missed a lot of days of school. I almost lost him a couple times, which was just terrifying for me as a mom. Uh, And Uh, So when I was looking for a company that did something besides chemicals, I found E. and I purchased it. And this was in uh, 2000. And 
uh, we've been doing things ever since. But we do alternative treatments along with normal, uh, traditional methods of taking care of the problem. I realize that his triggers, which, you know, is usually really bad, worse at night, I realize that um, some of the triggers were chemicals, like cleaning stuff. You know, I like to keep my house clean. But some of the products that I was using underneath my sink um, caused him to trigger and have asthma. So I had to readjust and re um, recalculate, figure out what was going to be good and what, what I needed to change. And sometimes we just need to reevaluate things in life, right? We have to reevaluate what's important. We have to reevaluate. So number two is the bread. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And his this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. So that's communion, right? You, you take that little cracker, and that cracker is his is the bread, and that's his flesh. And then the wine that you take, which is not usually wine anymore, um, is the blood. And communion is a time where you you revisit and you evaluate your life and, um, you know, get right. Put everything at the altar. Anything that's not going the way God would want it to go, you just put it on the altar and, you know, you turn away from it. You repent so you can move forward in his love in his light, in his life. The water, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You know, when I was going through so much, um, I was put in this place, I put myself in this place where I was in therapy all day and we went to um, see sermons and um, we were in the Bible and learned scriptures and, and whatnot. And then we had one-on-one therapy and things were exposed and revealed in a safe environment to where the Lord um, held things for me that I, I didn't even know. And then they became secrets. And then I had to reveal these secrets so that I could be freed, as you can if you have secrets, be freed of the bondage, be freed of uh, anything that's holding you back. A secret can hold you back from what God has for you. So understand you want to break those chains. You want to break that. And uh, when I when I read the scripture about the water, um, the Lord uh, had a counselor there, and he said, um, because you're doing this, this right now and believing um, you're going to be washed clean white as snow with no sin and the water I felt the water and there wasn't water but I felt water washing me and I and I felt I was white I just I just visioned me with my eyes closed that I had a glow and then it was white so I was washed white clean and white as snow now how many out there have things that they don't feel good about that you have life of regret you have things that maybe people don't know. In order to have the fullness of what the Lord has for you, there is a process and you need to go through it in order to get this. But it's worth doing, believe me, because when I learned that I was valuable and that the Lord, that God sent his only son in my place to die in my place, that I was valued enough that he sent his son, me being a mother, whew, that's big. And if I was the only person on the planet, he would have done it just for me. And he will do it and has done it just for you. There's some of you crying right now. You know, I can just feel it in the spirit that you're crying right now because you're hearing this maybe for the first time. Understand he is there for you and he loves you. He created you for a purpose. And all these things that you've been through, it's in the past and the only way you can move forward is by being breaking, broken free from these things that you're, you're not letting go of. You've got to let go of it. And one of them is forgiveness. I had to forgive 
those that trespassed against me, people that I was raped, molested. I had to forgive them. Also, I had an abortion, and I had to forgive me. That was the worst thing I could have ever done, but at the time, it felt like the only thing I could do. I'm not excusing it. I have to live with that forever, and it's a burden. I know I'm forgiven, but I still feel the pain in my heart over that decision. But I am forgiven, and I know that. So only reason I'm telling you those things is because I feel like maybe those are things that you're not wanting to deal with or that you just haven't released. And I'm telling you, if you're not going to do it now, when You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Please connect with me and tell me. I've had people in over the 14 years that have reached out to me and told me, oh my gosh, it was like you were talking just to me. I was driving in my car. I had to pull over because I was just crying and crying and crying. It was like the Lord was speaking directly to me. And I just, that blesses me so much. This radio show is a labor of love for me. And it's out of obedience that I'm on this show and uh, it, it brings me pleasure and it brings me um, encouragement to continue on knowing that the Lord's words are changing lives. And, uh, you know, that's where my focus is, is where God wants my focus. I love you, Lord. Safety. That's another one. And, and when I was in this place, um, the only way I could get the healing I needed and to expose my real vulnerabilities was to be in a safe place. So listen, if you're not in a safe place, you need to put yourself in a safe place and you need to be with safe people to where you can let these secrets out and you can still know that you'll be loved and that you'll be forgiven and just know the Lord will. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He's my shield the power that saves me, and my place of safety. This is Psalm 18.1.2 if you want to read it. The shelter. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. Psalm 9.9. The Psalms are so good. Um, I have people saying, where should I start? Where should I start when I have a Bible? I use the NIV. NIV has been really helpful for me. That's a new international version. And I tell people that Proverbs is good because you have 31 and there's one for each day. So if you want to just start your habit, get in the habit of reading the Bible every day, just go through Proverbs and read one one a day if you want to. If you get excited and you want to read more, you can go ahead. You can get ahead of yourself. That's okay, too. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope this has been helpful. Um, you know, I'm exposing myself to you, and, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I'm comfortable in my skin um, because, you know, we have to be uncommon. And there's a book that I'm reading, and it's called Uncommon. And people say, you're so different. And I'm like, I hope so. I hope I'm different. I don't want to be like everybody else. You know, you were created and you are an individual and you are wonderfully and beautifully made. Do you know that? That's biblical. It says it right in the Bible that you are wonderfully and beautifully made. So walk in that. Walk in that. And, you know, put your shoulders back. Look in the mirror and smile. And just, you know, appreciate what God created in you. And he, he speaks to you if you're quiet enough to listen. He will speak to you. And when he does, it's kind of incredible. It really is. 
When he chose to connect with those words to believe, live by, and find nourishment in them, it set him on the path for his purpose. The Bible records that the next steps he took led him into ministry. So, do you want to be led to your ministry? Matthew 4.4 Man is both physical and spiritual, which is why spiritual food is just as important as physical nourishment. This spiritual food is every word that comes from the mouth of God. God has spoken to us in his word, the Bible. His word imparts life, John 6.63. Can I just say that your words, there is power and life and death in your tongue. And if you go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, dot com, go there and check out the I Ams. The I Ams will change your life. Um, it says that you will be transformed by the renewing of your life, and that's in Matthew, I think, 22. And if you go there, you can print three pages of I Ams, and that says who you are in Christ, you know, like what he says about you, not what the people around you say. Like, I am victorious in Jesus' name. I am a ambassador to Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I would go there, pull those down, connect with me by going to com, And you will improve your day and improve your mind every single day. So God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. And thank you so much. I hope you share this with other people. I would really appreciate that. If you would share this with other people, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So check it out. Connect with me. I'd love to have more followers. And thank you so much. God bless. Bye for now. It's that time of the year when... Bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.